Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name's David Abel. Today I'm joined by Tom DeAngelis, Rob Longo, and Hannah Woodward. Welcome one and all. Good to be here, David. Awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to Luke chapter 24, verses 35 through 48, and we're going to break open the bread of life. But Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us Break open that bread that'll feed us this day. I would love to. And before I do that, uh, it's going to be a prayer of Thanksgiving. Welcome back. It's been uh, a couple, thank you. It's couple been a weeks since couple you've been weeks here. couple weeks of travel. Uh, good to have you back. Thank you. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, wow, you are awesome. Thank you for your love and your protection. Thank you for bringing our brother David back safely. Uh, thank you for your word. Thank you for the gift of Easter and divine mercy. And help us to just bask in your resurrection, bask in your divine mercy. Help us to to never shy away from it, to always approach you who are infinite mercy. Thank you, Lord. As we open up the word that we'll, we'll hear, the gospel that we hear this Sunday, please, Holy Spirit, come into our hearts. Help us to be open to what you want to teach us. Help us to be uh, just docile, moldable. Help us to have courage that to, to live the word at home, at school, in, in, our, in our communities, the ball field, in the supermarket, everywhere we go. Help us to live your word. Lord, thank you. And we pray all this uh, in Jesus' name through the intercession of Our Lady. If we can pray together. Hail Mary, Hail Mary full, full of, of grace, grace, the Lord, Lord is, is with thee. Blessed, blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father and the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And uh, Hannah, do you mind giving us a little bit of gospel love this morning? Sure thing. Uh, this is a reading from Luke 24 verses 35 through 48. Two disciples recounted what had taken place on the way and how Jesus was made known to them in the breaking of bread. While they were still speaking about this, he stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. But they were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. Then he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do questions arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and feet. That is I myself. Touch me and see, because a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you can see I have. And as he said this, he showed them his hands and feet. While they were still incredulous for joy and were amazed, he asked them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of baked fish, and he took it and ate it in front of them. He said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and in the prophets and psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are a witness of these things. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. 
As you were reading, Hannah, I loved the first line. The two disciples recounted what had taken place on the way. And I stopped there and went, you know, that's what we need to do. We need to share our stories and the journey we have here on earth, our time here. We just share our God stories, share our moments, how Christ, you know, we saw him at work in our life, how how God set up an appointment, a divine appointment where we could be a blessing to somebody else. That's, that just really struck me, you know, that we share that and then helps other people come to see and come to hear. And just thinking of the moment the other day at, uh, at a little Turkey Hill mini market, I'm standing there paying for my bill and and I, I heard and I listened to this lady who needed $15 in gas. She had no money on her. She forgot it. Her car was out of gas. Would they take a check? They wouldn't take a check. And I got the inspiration. You can be a blessing to her. I thought, awesome. So I walked over and said, you know what? I'll take care of that for her. And and all their faces were in amazement. This man's going to do, why? So I paid the bill and I went back out to my car to put the oil in my, my truck. And this woman walked over to me. She said, sir, can I, can I send you the check and pay you back? I said, you know what? Pass it forward. Be a blessing to somebody else. May God bless you. And she said, from one Christian to another, thank you so much. Man, share the stories how God uses us. Every day we have God moments, divine appointments, where we're called to be a blessing to others. And then when we share them, Jesus is made known. That's the next line. Jesus made known to them. So that that's basically given flesh and reality to the truth of the Bible and Christ alive in our life. As I read through this the first time, you know, every time we we go over these Gospels again, you know, since I've been doing this, you know, for a few years now, every time we come back to the to one of these gospels, it op- it opens up more deeply. And the thing that hit me this time was, what was it about Jesus and the breaking of the bread that they immediately recognize him? You know, I mean, on the one hand, I've always thought of it as well. It's just one of those things that, you know, God inspired the recognition at, at that point. But was something about the breaking of the bread? Was this something that Jesus did regularly? Was it something in the way that he did it? Was it the fact that it had been recounted to them about the breaking of the bread and the sharing of it at the, at the Last Supper? But there's something about that that, that just kind of attracted me. And, and it kind of left me with this question is, what is it about the breaking of the bread? What is it about that that triggered that thought in their minds that that, that was Jesus and then he disappeared? And then the other part of it is, as I looked at, as I was reading through this again, um, I actually got started to chuckle when I heard Hannah reading through this is because, you know, you can just picture these guys there telling a story. They're all excited. They just got back from Emmaus. They were, they were almost there. They come back and, yeah, we saw the Lord. He was, when he broke the bread, it hit us. Who And all of a sudden he's there and they go, oh, you know, everybody kind of, you know, just kind of like hit me that, that while they're talking, it says, he appeared and they all got startled. You know, everybody's, it's just kind of like when somebody walks in and you don't expect to see them and all of a sudden you get startled, you know. So it must have, there must have been a little bit of lightness about it at the same time because then Jesus says, you know, they're startled and terrified. And he says, why are you afraid? Peace be with you, you know. It's like, weren't you expecting me to come back? You know, why are you surprised? I'm right in the center is, is of the gospel are joy and amazement. Right, they were incredulous, incredulous for joy, and were amazed. Joy and amazement. Imagine if we could just live our lives with that joy and, and amazement at just all the ways that God loves us, all the little tiny ways that He shows us every day in our relationships, in a sunset, in a, a raindrop, and in the grass turning green, and the leaves blooming. I mean, just just live a life of being open to being amazed. And uh, you know, with five young kids, we 
we watch different movies at home and uh, Charlotte's Web. Uh, there's so many beautiful messages in there, but I love the little pig, Wilbur, right? Isn't that Wil isn't it Wilbur? Mm -hmm. Right. Wilbur is always amazed. Like he meets a new friend and he's, Oh, that's a great name. Or like, like whatever is happening. He is just amazed at just the, the gift that's in front of him. And I was like, man, that is so cool. I don't know. I don't want to be like Wilbur the pig, right? That we live joy and amazement in every aspect of our lives. And you know, Tom, as you were sharing that, I had starred down here that um, Jesus opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And that took me back up to what you were sharing about the breaking of the bread. And when we read the full reading that comes from Luke about this, this is on the road to Emmaus. He walks with the two disciples. And the first thing he does is he opens up the scriptures to them. And their hearts were burning as he broke those open for him. Well, that's Jesus breaking open the written word of God, breaking open the bread of life. But there's part two. Part two is in the breaking of the bread that Jesus was made known to them. That's our Catholic Mass. The beginning, the first half of the Mass, the liturgy of the Word. The Word is read, Old Testament, New Testament, Gospel reading, Psalms. Our hearts are burning. That's, that's where we get the, 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 the foundation of our Mass, the two parts. That's what takes place the first part. Second part of the Catholic Mass Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is true food in the bread of life. That breaking of the bread, he was made known to them. It's talking about the Eucharist. It's talking about the Eucharist. And so when you truly, when the spiritual eyes of your heart are opened and you realize as you prepare your body to receive and your soul to receive the Lord into you in the Eucharist, that it's actually Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity, going to feed us in the Eucharist, it changes everything. When you realize he gives us that spiritual food, makes it available to us every day of the week in every Catholic church at a daily mass. And then on Sundays, it's off the charts. And it's like, wow, the two parts of a Catholic mass found right here in sacred scripture, breaking open the bread of life, the word of God, hearts are burning, the bread of life, the Eucharist, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. That. This really hit me, Tom. You know, I was at Mass last weekend, and um, our priest read the gospel, and he was talking about it later on, and he said, you know, Jesus surrounded himself with the disciples, and they weren't, you know, the smartest people. So it kind of took them a little while to catch on to, you know, his plan and understand. And our priest mentioned that Jesus' entire ministry can be summed by his first words that he says to them, peace be with you. And, you know, all he wants for us is peace. And that's the whole reason why he came to live and die for us, is to bring peace in our hearts. And so. And that, and that reason he says it is to give us life and give it in abundance. And that goes right down here to the ending line where it says that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name to all nations. That freedom, that peace, comes from us turning away from sin, turning to Christ and saying to the Father, I'm sorry, please forgive me. As Catholics, we understand that that gift was passed on to the priesthood and that that gift in the sacrament of reconciliation, it's called in the Bible, it's called the, the sacrament of Recon or the ministry of reconciliation. We able to, we're able to go to a priest and confess our sins and God through the gift of that priesthood, that charism, sets us free from sins. That's how we have a life that's filled with peace. 
That's how we have that life in abundance. It's sin that puts us into, into prison. It's sin that causes us anxiety, fear, all that stuff. But when we totally get clean and get free and get connected, oh my goodness, we live a life of a great adventure. And I'm thinking back to your, your reference earlier, David, about the on the road to Emmaus. Um, the thing that, that I always recall about that in particular is at the beginning of that story, when, um, when Jesus joins them, and they don't know it's Jesus, but they're talking, you know, he says, what are you talking about? And they, they're kind of like incredulous, like, don't you know what just went on in, in Jerusalem? You know, that, that uh, you know, this Jesus, you know, and they go through this whole story, and he, they get to the end of the story, and he's, and he's kind of like chastising them mildly because, like, are, how, how are you so slow that you don't get this? And then, he, and then as he opened the scripture to them, then their hearts started to burn. But we have this natural inclination, and it's part of why we need the, the, the sacrament of reconciliation is forgiveness because we have a tendency to kind of continually go over to the dark side, you know. Now they hear the story about the resurrection, but they're still on their way to Emmaus, and they're kind of like complaining and, you know, and, and they're not really bought into this whole resurrection thing just yet. They're just, they're just kind of like relating this story. Like, and and to, to top it off, some women went to the tomb and found that it was empty. And we don't really even know what's going on right now. So and then G, that's where Jesus kind of chastises them. But again, it's at the end of the story, you know, at the end of that piece of the story, he basically breaks the bread. They recognize him. And then they realize that that story that they were relating where they didn't know what was going on has just been confirmed for them. This, this is the Jesus. This is the, the re- resurrected Jesus. And so, so here they are back in, back in the room with the apostles, and he surprises them again, you know, this time. So I was thinking back to that about how quickly we, you know, we lapse into these negative, you know, interpretations of the story when, in fact, the story from now on is always something good. It's always something positive. It's always repentance. It's always forgiveness of sins. It's always, you know, resurrection of the body after death. You know, death has no sting anymore. Death has no, no impact on us. There's nothing to worry about there. You know, so that kind of hit me as, as you were talking through that. I had an opportunity last last week, I believe it was, to, to meet with a woman who, who has it on her heart to bring children to Eucharistic adoration, bring kids of all ages to Eucharistic adoration. And she's been working with uh, a couple of priests to do that. And she said the blessings have been amazing. She shared me shared with me a couple of just phenomenal stories, but it just made me think of, of her when Hannah, when you were reading the gospel and, and you read, touch me and see, touch me and see, right? So we have this, this Jesus, right, uh, who loves us so much that he left us with his body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. So we can receive him any day that we want, uh, every day if we want, and we can adore him body, blood, soul, and divinity. And she, this woman gave me a card that she uses in, the, in these adoration, adoration sessions. And it's a beautiful index card that has a picture of a monstrance with the Eucharist and then a, a face of Jesus. And then kids of all ages around just looking up, just, you know, like kind of like watercolors, paintings of all these different kids, like four years old and all the way up to probably like a young adult in college. And the little prayer on the bottom is so beautiful. And I was at a high school Last week, you know, we did adoration all day at, in this high school. We had eight, eight sessions in a row, 45 minutes each, 
back-to-back eight times where they would just bring in different classes in front of our Lord in adoration. And in the beginning, I shared this with them because all of us need to be re-energized. And the meeting that I had with this woman just re-energized me on the gift of the Eucharist. And I shared with them the little note. So you have the picture that I explained, and there's a little note on there from Jesus. And the note read something like this, Dear Little Children, and I just, wow, isn't that awesome? Like, we're all kids. We're all God's kids. It doesn't matter how old you are. We're all kids. And, and he wants us just to approach him like kids. You know, like, think of my four-year-old daughter. If I'm crossing the street and she's holding my hand, she's not going to stop. If I step off the curb and walk, she's going to walk with me. She's not going to say, oh, Father, can we please reevaluate this decision and look left, right, and left again? No, she's going to walk. So, dear, dear little children, come and keep me company. Wow, how simple is that? He didn't say, you know, come and you know, do these formulaic prayers and, and do this. Do, come and keep me company. And I was thinking of the times that I would visit my grandma. She and I were really tight. And uh, sometimes I, I didn't think the visit went well because we didn't talk much. But then I would get a call from my dad later who said that my grandma called him. and said, oh, Rob came over and it was such a great visit. I just went and kept her company, right? So that's what he's saying. My dear little children, come and keep me company. And then he says, talk to me. Tell me what's on your heart. How beautiful is that, right? Just talk. Just talk to me. Tell me what's on your heart. And even if we can't speak, he knows. And if we just say, Lord, I'm, I'm here. You know what's on my heart. I'm just going to trust that you're going to give me the grace that I need to get through what, what, what I need to get through. And then he says, I am here for you. Let me hold you. And when I read that, I was thinking of my, my little girl again. And we have this kind of we have this funny relationship where like, she'll be like, I love you, Daddy. She's four years old. I love you, Daddy. And then I'll give her a hug. And she goes, well, no, you're weird. And then, like, <laughs> and then run away. And then I love you, Daddy. No, you're weird. And I was like, well, can't you just say I love my weird daddy, right? And then we can do it all together so it doesn't have to be two separate things. But then when she wants to be held, and I'm sure you guys have experienced this with David and Tom with your kids or Hannah with you know, maybe kids in your family or little, where when a child wants to be held, it's awesome when they're tired and they nuzzle up and, and it's beautiful. But the same 40-pound kid that wants to be held when they don't want to be held and they just stiffen up and squirm, it's like the 40 pounds become so heavy and you can't hold. And it's like, wow, how often am I like that with our Lord that I'm like that 4-year-old or 2-year-old that just is squirming and trying to get out. And Jesus is saying, I'm here for you. Let me hold you. Right? So we just approach our Lord as kids. Let, you know, allow ourselves to touch Him. Allow Him to touch our hearts. Speak to him from our heart. Let him hold us and love us and care for us and just totally trust that our Lord who left us the Eucharist, right? They saw in the breaking of the bread as you share a time. He left us this, this, this Eucharist that we can eat and, and touch and adore. Man, what a gift. What yeah, a gift. sometimes we forget how much better a lover God is of us than we are of him. We tend to project our limitations on well he can't love me any more than I, I love him how could he do that but but that's exactly the point I re, and I remember a, uh, just a, a cute little reflection um, I forget exactly how it came up but somebody was asking a priest about you know sometimes I fall asleep you know like I'll nod off in adoration like I go for an hour and and I really can't, you know, I can't stay awake, and I just, I feel bad because, you know, I, I slept for 35 minutes of the, the hour, and the, and the priest said, you know, if, if you were God, and you had the mind of God, which is part of wisdom, you know, is, is, is to think like God sometimes, he said, and you were looking at your son there in front of you, and he fell asleep, would you hate him for that, because he fell asleep? He's there to, you know, to be with you, to spend time with you, and he fell asleep, okay, he falls asleep, so he, you pick him up and you carry him to bed, you know, instead of, 
and it just it just occurred to me how much more we we tend to project our own limitations on God and yet he's such a benevolent lover he's such a father that wants to hug us and take care of us and and uh, and, and we miss that sometimes it's unfortunate you know mm. and I you know, Rob you said the words I circled it also touch me and see that that's not just a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that's an ever deepening intimate one and our goal because you know as the lord stayed for that time period until pentecost you know he was allowing them to touch him physically and see but then at pentecost he breathed the holy spirit on them and they became powerful and christ lived in them and dwelled in them and then the counselor and advocate the holy spirit was with them why so that we then you me each one of us baptized christians can go out and people can touch and see Christ in us. And we need to touch and see the Christ in them. And I love the word intimacy, meaning into me see, to get a deeper level of understanding of the person's heart, their wounds, where they're at in their journey. That bond that forms is deep and that allows you to touch parts of the heart that perhaps no one's ever touched. But you have to have that intimacy, which means you invest time in the person and you get to know them. And that word know used in the Bible is a level of maritable intimacy, you know, from a, from a beautiful communication standpoint. So I love it. Into me see, touch me and see. And Tom, when you were sharing that story, uh, I, I read a similar story, and they, the story that I read, they attributed it to, to St. Therese. And I had just fallen asleep in adoration. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll fall asleep anywhere. If, I, if I'm not actively involved, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll doze off. I fall asleep reading a book to my kids, and the book falls on my face and cuts me. And, you know. So I was falling asleep, and I was feeling bad, and I just reached back to, to pick something up to read. And it was a bunch of letters from one priest to another. And it was a, like a mentor relationship, and it was the older priest mentoring this younger priest on, on perpetual adoration in his parish, really encouraging this priest to have perpetual adoration. And he shared a story in the, in the letter about St. Therese, that St. Therese would fall asleep, and she felt so bad, and she almost left, and then she felt the Lord speak to her heart, and her, her and her dad, Therese and her dad, had such a special relationship. And the Lord spoke to her heart, did your dad love you any less when you fell asleep in his arms? Nor do I love you any less when you fall asleep in mine. So, oh man! Not that we want to go and say, "Okay, I need an, I need a nap. Let me go. Let me go to adoration." But if we fall asleep, Tom, like you're saying, man, we're we're his kids, and uh, and I love watching my sleeping kids, and yeah. So God, God is awesome. No doubt, God does too. You know, it's funny you talk about falling asleep. Last week, I was um, I opened up the True or Pure Faith book by uh, Jason Everett. And before I, before I read it, I said a little prayer to God. I said, you know, give me some advice. I'm going through some stuff. T tell me what to do. And, you know, the page I opened up to was how to pray the divine chaplet. So I went and prayed it, and, of course, I, I fell asleep. And I woke up, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Here you were giving me advice and, you know, showing me what to do, and I, and I fell asleep during it. But, you know. So you're in good company, St. Yeah, Therese. Yeah, I future, guess all. Future St. Hannah <laughs> and Rob Longo. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe there was advice was you need to get more sleep. Who knows? That could be it. <laughs> you know, and I, I circle back to, because it's so many places in the Bible. In fact, you know, um, be not afraid is I think 365 times, but I love Jesus' words. 
peace be with you. And then I wrote down, peace comes from our total surrender, our fiat to God, be it done to me according to your word. And the foundation of that surrender is our trust in God. When we surrender it to God and we realize he's got our back, he's going to do the battle. We don't have to worry, have anxiety, have fear. He's got our back. We're his children. Who's going to defend us better than God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit? Oh my goodness, do you know the army that's out there defending us? So again, peace be with you. Peace comes from our surrender to God at work in our lives. It is our fiat, like Mary. Be it done to me according to your word. I'm the servant of the Lord. And that foundation of our surrender is our trust in God. Full trust in God. Where we lack trust, fear creeps in. And fear is faith in the wrong kingdom. And as a, an Italian-American, Tom, you can say amen to this. Uh, I love Jesus saying, hey, you have any food? Yeah, let's, let's eat, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, how often do, we, do I miss opportunities just to, to be present in the present moment uh, just to enjoy a simple meal with a friend, to do, you know, to enjoy time around the table. We bought the house for my parents that we grew up, that I grew up in, and the only thing that we kept uh, is the the table, the table that I grew up sitting around. I, I kept that table, and it's still in the kitchen today. And hundreds of meals I had growing up. Now my family sitting around that, and the importance of just being with each other and breaking bread with each other. So let's, uh, um, you know, let's, let's, let's not miss those opportunities to, to do those little simple things. And you know what, Rob? The invitation's there. Jesus is inviting each of us as Catholics to dine with him daily, both in his word as well as at the table, at the altar, at mass, and receive him. He's not only the chef, the high priest, you know, he's the meal, the lamb of God. My goodness, do you want to dine with Jesus every day? You have that opportunity. He's inviting us. It's not either or. It's both and. Let's go. Put Don't fit God into your schedule. Build your schedule around God. Let's go to daily mass. Let's keep him company. And let's feast on the greatest food that we could eat, which is feeds our soul, the body, blood, soul, divinity of Jesus Christ. May God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, 
May God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.